0: You're
1: in the Waterloop. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop. Waterloop is a nonprofit media outlet made possible in part by a grant from Springpoint Partners. Visit waterloop.org. This is episode number 151 AI versus Lead. Artificial intelligence has emerged as a powerful tool in the fight to find lead water lines in the U.S which could number up to 10 million and pose a threat to human health. The use of AI allows for much more accurate predictions of the location of lead lines by using a variety of factors such as the age of a house, size of the property, and prevalence in the area. This approach has helped cities like Newark, Detroit, and Toledo to dramatically reduce the time and cost of finding and replacing lead lines as discussed in this episode with Eric Schwartz, CEO and co-founder of Blue Conduit. Eric talks about how funding from the Rockefeller Foundation is allowing Blue Conduit to provide free access to an inventory tool, launch a nationwide map of lead lines, and increase outreach to under-resourced communities. The conversation will begin in one minute, but first a word about our sponsor, Veruna. This episode of Waterloop is sponsored by Veruna the decision intelligence tool for water systems. The factors that go into running water systems are more dynamic than ever, but the tools for making decisions are still static. That's why Veruna built a resilience tool that uncovers blind spots, identifies risks and generates insights, which are all presented in a user-friendly dashboard. There are many risks that water systems have to mitigate. While EPA identifies 10 vectors of risks that water utilities should track, the Varuna Resilience Tool captures 26, including internal and external risks. The tool allows operators to take immediate actions and leaders to make long-term strategic decisions and is especially helpful for, for smaller systems. With Varuna, better data means better decisions. Learn more at veruna.city and let them know you heard about it on Waterloop. You're in the Waterloop. Welcome to Waterloop. This is Travis, the host. Very happy to be joined for this episode by Eric Schwartz. He is co-founder and CEO of Blue Conduit. Eric, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Travis. So we're going to talk about kind of lead today and maybe lead versus AI, uh, as I think this episode is is titled. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we launch into that, that battle a little bit. Could you briefly explain the challenges of finding lead lines out there, which is a huge issue for this country, 10 million or more out there in the ground? Why is it so tough to deal with this? Sure. And and I I appreciate you kind of recognizing the scope of this
0: problem, Travis, and people often think about the scope. And we also can concretely see the way lead pipes can be removed out of the ground, it's very it seems easy. You just go and dig and remove them and replace them with copper. But the challenge is we don't actually know where all the lead pipes are. We know we have them, and they're buried underground. And so what we do know is largely based on these outdated records, which are sometimes hand-drawn maps and books of atlases or on index cards and file cabinets in the basement of city hall and uh, we've seen many of these uh, or, or maybe they're actually now digitized in gis uh, databases but they're based on those those don't necessarily reflect the, the reality underground they're not the ground truth so to speak and often they're incomplete so they may just not have a lot of records for a lot of homes maybe they only have records for homes that have had renovations or recent con- you know somewhat more recent construction um, or very often, there's actually an issue of there are two sides of the service line. There's the portion that is goes from this, the water main to the curb stop or to the water meter. And then there's the portion that is usually customer or homeowner owned, uh, house side. And the utility usually doesn't have good information on that part, that the latter part, the home side. And so for all of these reasons... We just don't have this information the way we have information about other aspects of the water infrastructure like water mains.
1: so now we're sitting in 2022, and we've got the power of technology. Uh, and this is what I'm excited to talk to you about. So mm-hmm. instead of just digging around a community and pulling up pipes and seeing what they're made of or trying to dust off these paper records, there is this other approach uh, that you all have really been pioneering with artificial intelligence, machine learning. Uh boil that down for, for me how does that work how are you approaching this problem with ai and those associated tools
0: sure uh, and and i appreciate the kind of you know pb versus ai led <laughs> versus machine learning mm. story here yeah yeah uh, because we we really uh, my my co-founder uh, Jake Abernathy and our chief data scientist Jared Webb and and i early in in, in this whole journey, we're having conversations with uh, community members and, and officials in Flint in 2016. And we realized that to answer a simple question of how many lead pipes are there in Flint after the international news media came and left was still very difficult. And it's because of the uncertainty caused by all of these old records and lack of record keeping for decades meant that we just didn't know and the moment we hear as data scientists, we have some information, but we don't know most of the information, that's, that's a perfect prediction problem. So uh, let me explain what that means. Hmm. We resolve that uncertainty by finding patterns that are connected with homes that likely have lead, And then we extrapolate and we predict for all the other homes for which we've not yet verified the city and its contractors have not gone and inspected the materials. What's the likelihood that each of those homes has led based on the age of the home, the location of the home, the size of of the lot, the condition of the home, all the other variables that we actually do have based on tax records about the parcel of land or existing water tests, all of that we're able to pattern match and start assigning probabilities. So we might start understanding, well, there's an old historical record that says this home has a, a, a copper pipe on one side of the service line, but unknown on the other side of the service line. And we uh, have water tests that say it's been zero parts per billion. But We also see this home was built in 1920. We also see this home is on a pretty small lot. And other homes with these characteristics actually have a 70 percent chance of having a letter galvanized steel pipe
1: hmm.
0: and so we're going to use that information to make decisions and and help help the officials guide their contractors to go and dig
1: yeah so take me a little bit into the tech wonkiness if you will uh you know people yeah. hear artificial intelligence they start thinking of robots <laughs> and, and stuff like that but you know yeah. how how does this work when you talk about artificial intelligence machine learning could you just take us into the details a little bit there as it applies to this search for lead pipes?
0: Yeah, sure. Well, w- one way to think about that is we can start with the really basic model. So strip away the, the language machine learning and AI for a second. Let's just say that we just believe that the older a house is, the more likely it is to have lead. And actually, that's a very common and assumed model in, in people's head. Sometimes they'll just say anything built after 1986 has no lead, anything before 1986 we assume has lead.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, that is when the federal government banned the use of, uh, of, of lead, but, but, but that's an imperfect rule. Hmm. That's a model, right? We, we could have that model and, and start assigning lead versus not lead based on that. But we're going to make a lot of errors in, in both directions. Maybe the, the year that homes were built in this database is actually not that accurate. And it's only telling us when there was construction recently, but not the original build. Or maybe lots of these homes that we're claiming have lead actually don't. And we're going to waste a lot of time digging up these old homes that actually don't have lead. So what AI is doing is it's saying it's not just one variable and it's not just a simple relationship like older means more lead. That there are lots of different variables involved and it's the combination of them that's gonna let us start getting better assessments, more granular than just older is more lead.
1: Mm, gotcha. Now you have done work in a couple of the big communities in this country. Uh, you mentioned Flint. Uh, I think you've worked in Detroit and Trenton, New Jersey. Um, could you talk a little bit about how, how this has gone in those communities, what those projects have been like and, and why it was so beneficial to take this you know, AI versus lead approach?
0: Yeah, and, and Trenton, Toledo, uh, Detroit, uh, soon soon to be uh, starting, just started in Buffalo. Um, really excited about partnering, collaborating with, with these these communities. Um, I'll walk you through Toledo first, uh, and then and I could kind of talk about some of the others. Sure. In, in 2020, Toledo began their program to replace it's what they had estimated 30,000 lead service lines. Now. They were going initially at a rate of about a thousand per year, and it was expected to take, well, 30 years and cost over 60 million dollars. Toledo has been using the information that that we've been giving them based on our models. We're taking in data from Toledo, and they've been able to cut this by a significant amount of time, almost half. They're cutting 13 years off their timeline based on on our predictions. And the reason they're doing that is they're using this to unlock federal funding. So we're providing estimates of how much lead service lines are in the whole city, how much are in different neighborhoods, how much are in specifically Justice 40 or environmental justice uh, communities that are disadvantaged. And they're then using those environmental justice funds from the EPA to really supercharge their efforts. So one of the ways that we can help is really scope the problem and identify what types of neighborhoods it's really uh, where the lead is. But another way is we're just able to get them to put the right folks at the front of the line. Mm. Uh, And that's important for equity and really cost effectiveness. So that the reason they're able to cut down the time that this is gonna take is they're putting the lead Homes first to make sure that they're getting as much lead out for every dollar they spend in these next few years, uh, and and that itself is really accelerating the, the the pipe replacement. It's better allowing them to understand their data uh, so that they can be more transparent and, and reliable when they make statements, uh, and, and they can then also provide all of this to the public. Uh, and so there's now a public facing map in Toledo um, that, and like there will be in many of the other communities that we work in, like there is in Flint that we've provided that lets everyone know house by house. Do we know the material of both sides of your service line? If we do, what is it? If we, and how do we know it? If we don't, what's the likelihood that it's led versus not led? Mm.
1: And just a little side question here. I think with machine learning AI systems, the more they work on something, the more data they get in, the better they get at figuring things out and predicting. Is that generally true?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so the appeal is within a city, the more data we have, the more we learn, the the better we can find lead, but also across cities. And that's something that we're really excited about right now at Blue Conduit because we're just at the point where we do have enough data from a variety of cities across 10 states, 50-plus cities, where we are now making predictions at the aggregate level for a whole water system, even though we have not worked with a client in that water system, we now have estimates for every water system in the country. How many lead service lines do we expect them to have right
1: now? <laughs> wow.
0: Uh, based on all of the available information that we have about that community and all of the information that we have about, well, all of the communities we've been working with in, in more detail about their service lines. Mm. Uh, and that is where I think, um, there's a lot of power to, to some of these predictions to inform the way the, the, the states can start allocating their state revolving funds that are coming from the infrastructure and investment jobs. Act.
1: Yeah. Uh, last question before we move on to the kind of big news that you all have. When you go into sure. Detroit, when you go into Trenton, when you're going into Buffalo, who, who are you working with? You know, who do you have to kind of partner with and collaborate with on these efforts?
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you asked this, Travis, because, you know, the the obvious two that I think folks are going to appreciate, definitely utility or public uh, works department and engineering firms that that are there. And we are excited and happy to partner with with those two, and, and we do. But the folks that we're really excited to partner with are the community organizations and these community hubs. So, for instance, in Buffalo, we're working with the heart of the city neighborhoods, Open Buffalo and Citizen Action of New York. Um, In in many of the communities where we're working, especially the ones, in fact, every single one where we're using money from Google.org, we are working with community organizations and actually helping to provide them funding uh, that that we secured via Google.org. Um, uh, in conjunction with the NRDC, and, and we act for environmental justice. And the reason that's super important is, as you and the listeners know, the lead issue is a massive environmental health and environmental justice issue, mm. and it is connected to and triggers all sorts of social issues and, and discussions about the social issues. How did we get here? Why is it still going on? And to engage communities in a, in a real partnership instead of a, here's the plan, it's coming down on you community um, is, is really meaningful. And it's going to be the way to make sure that you know, we, we take the lessons learned from Flint and, and apply them uh, really well uh, to other communities.
1: Sure. All right. So the big news, you guys have some exciting news at Blue Conduit. I'm, I'm excited for you. It's awesome. Uh, go ahead and share that.
0: Sure. Well, well, thank you. The Rockefeller Foundation has just granted us $1 million to scale Blue Conduit's artificial intelligence and machine learning centered approach to identifying and removing lead pipes. And and this is something we're super excited about because it's specifically helping us grow our free and open source software. Uh, and, And that's something that we're providing this data analytics and software tools and developing outreach programs in conjunction with these community groups that I was just referencing uh, in, in under-resourced, disadvantaged communities, and building out on top of all that a nationwide interactive map, where we're going to be focused on getting the lead out, uh, and and really zooming in on different communities, but also showing that big picture and scorecard uh, as I was saying earlier about being able to estimate the likelihood of lead service lines uh, across the country. Uh, so really, thanks to this $1 million that Rockefeller is providing, which adds on to the 200000 they provided a couple of years ago, adds on to the, the $1.5 million that Google.org is providing, we're able to provide a free tier of our Blue Conduit software, an open-source lead service line inventory tool, uh, and we're going to be able to launch this nationwide uh, map and scorecard that will be public-facing uh, for the whole country to to see. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Congrats on all of that. I want to dig Thanks. into a couple aspects of it. Um, so the idea that you're going to put this tier of blue conduit out there that's that's free for some of these communities to use, um, how do you think that they can successfully use it? A lot of these places are not very well resourced, right? Or they've got their own challenges with staffing or budget or, you know, that type of thing. Um, is your is your are your tools easy enough to use that they can just run with it or i think you kind of get what i'm going at there absolutely
0: i mean one of the challenges of even the the enormous increase in budgets through the grant money that's coming down is is their capacity mm-hmm. in let's say smaller or disadvantaged or rural uh, water community uh, community water systems to really best absorb that and and i think similarly we we're very um we're being as thoughtful as possible to, to work with folks in those kinds of communities as we're developing this tool and so this tool is not again going to be kind of just developed in in a vacuum and then just put out in the world but instead we're going to be really partnering with as many folks uh, in community organizations and in utilities in these disadvantaged communities that would be the target for this, make sure that it's actually doing what they would need it to do mm. uh, in a way that would be actually useful. But l- let's be honest, that, that still will require some work and someone to engage with it, and, and these are individuals who are really strapped for time, uh, and, and lead is one of 20 issues they're, they're dealing with because they're not just the lead service line coordinator in these small communities. They're doing a lot of them. That's where I think the the EPA technical assistance grants are really going to come in. And we're excited to, to help facilitate that by providing these initial estimates to those communities so they can at least ask for the right amount of money to get the EPA technical assistance, to get the right amount of SRF money coming in from their state so that they could build capacity and actually maintain that. Both staffing capacity and 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 capital uh, uh, as as needed, uh, and that's something that we are excited to 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 work with um, other recipients of EPA technical assistance to work with their hubs of their centers for excellence that that will be funded uh, through that, and so we're we're really excited to work with them to work with uh, ASDWA, the Association of State Drinking Water Authorities, and and all these rural uh, community uh, assistant partnerships, mm. um, RCAP, to. Mm do a lot of train the trainer programs. So we'll be able to train folks who will then go on and train folks to use uh, some of this software. So lots of different ways, but
1: you got a plan. You got a plan. (laughs) That's for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, I got the impression that there's a little bit of, you know, these communities self-identifying and and reaching out to try to use the tool like, hey, it's free out there. But also I got the impression that um, you all and, and maybe some of your other partners will be trying to identify and and reach out from that direction to to just is that true that that's kind of there'll be a little bit of two-way effort
0: yeah we we are pleased to get inbound interest and and do get it but we absolutely are are going out and and certainly identifying areas and, and and communities that that really are is classic environmental mm-hmm. injustice markers um, where you have, let's say, shrinking population. We've got kind of post-industrial, um, and and we're not re- we don't need to reinvent this. This is out there. Uh, the EPA has an environmental justice screening tool that's super helpful. Uh, the NRDC has put out different environmental justice markers that are helpful. And you know, we're data nerds, so we <laughs> are ourselves using census information a- and information about. Um, funding that's coming down from the IIJA versus estimated number of lead service lines and, and seeing the mismatch at the state level, but also seeing the expected mismatch at the, the, the uh, water system level. And so mm. um, yeah, th- th- these are all ways that we are trying to approach and identify and assist disadvantaged communities. Um, and yeah, there, there are many uh, uh ways that we can be identifying. But I think one interesting thing is that many states are now putting laws on the books to be consistent and ref- with and reflect the, the federal definition of disadvantage in the IHAA, um, mm. to, to kind of align those definitions to unlock the funding capabilities. Um, and then a step further, others like the state of Michigan have actually introduced significantly disadvantaged as a subcategory which i really commend because the moment there's a title that says you can get extra funding people will try to expand the definition of that title And and it reminds us that we need to really continue to think about no 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 what was the intent here who are significantly disadvantaged not just nominally so
1: Yeah. Uh, One of the other things you mentioned was this nationwide map. And, you know, I'm like obsessed with maps, I get lost and spend a lot of time just exploring them. Uh, Obviously, I'm a water person. I love all these problems and data. So you've got something that's a convergence of all of that. Could you talk a little bit more about, you know, what this nationwide map will look like, and what benefits it'll provide? Sure. And I appreciate that. We are (laughs) definitely mapping and data visualization nerds
0: here uh, and and really proud to be bringing this kind of vision and and dream to to life. Um, Before I say what it will look like and and the benefits, I just want to call out we are super excited that this is in collaboration with Google.org Fellows, who are individuals who have chosen to take a pause on their jobs at Google for-profit and do a fellowship at google.org for a particular project and, and and several of them have chosen us blue conduit for largely this project so we're super excited that's a six month long and we're smack in the middle of it uh, right now so in a couple months they're going to be seeing the the output of that but what will it look like well the, the look and feel it's going to be pretty similar to the look and feel of the maps that we already have out there. So if you go to flintpipemap.org, if you go to Toledo's Lead Service Line Replacement website, you'll see a a bunch of maps that we like to think were kind of tech folks doing the best in class, the best available tech with the the public health expertise and public health communication uh, that's needed to, to really kind of bring this down to earth. Uh, in, in, in a meaningful way for communities. So the, that's kind of the, the look and feel. You'll, you'll be seeing um, initially aggregate information. So uh, aggregate meaning for every water system, um, we'll be able to just, anyone will be able to type in an address and they'll get information about their water system at first. So the information about water systems might be, well, how many service lines are there total? And then we'll be providing a prediction How many service lines do we estimate to be lead service lines? Uh, And that's really the the big kind of piece of information that we're adding. We're going to add in the other information that the EPA provides, like recent health violations, uh, violating the uh, lead and copper rule, other recent water tests that have been either publicly uh, disclosed um, by the EPA or by the state or by the city, Uh, but summarizing all of that really into a score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with detailed information for those who want to drill down into it, but really as an assessment, uh, you know, is an A, B, C, you know, something like that, uh, uh, rating system of how good is this water system doing in removing its lead. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be providing the demographics and the the recent history. So, how much lead has been out of the ground? Uh, has been taken out of the ground versus How much do we expect to be remaining in the ground? Uh, All all of this really adds up to the benefit of, we want people to be able to ask questions about their drinking water and get answers. How much lead is in my community? Can I stay up to date on how my community is progressing in getting the lead out? Uh, Eventually, how much funding do we have to do this? And how cost effective have we been in doing this, which we, we will track and, and work with partners to track And And finally, the, the calls to action that we're offering will be, well, test your water or order a filter um, or call a, a representative from your water system and providing all of this guidance in addition to the, um, uh, for action in addition to all the appropriate public health messaging. So um, there's my broader, uh, <laughs> you know what will it look like what will it benefit you know uh, who's making this we're we're super excited about this
1: yeah well i mean the one thing through our conversation is you're not just out there kind of uh helping with a, a technical solution outreach and education uh for communities is a big part of of actually what you're doing um uh, so that's that's good stuff uh well yeah, eric I mean, yeah no go 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 ahead go for it no, I was just gonna I was just gonna say thank you very much. Um, really excited for you guys. Congrats. I've known about you for several years now had a conversation with Jared a few years ago. And uh, so it's great to see you all kind of uh, get this great, great uh, funding from Rockefeller and, and Google and out there fighting the good fight AI versus lead.
0: Thanks, Travis. We, we really appreciate it. We've been following uh, Waterloop uh, for a while before uh, Jared was on the podcast and, and, and since, so we appreciate the, the recognition and, and uh, you know giving us this voice uh, and, and platform.
1: So, right. thanks. And when that nationwide map is out, um, I'm sure I will uh, lose some, some of my time uh, getting lost in it, but that's good stuff. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Travis. Bye. Waterloop. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and thank you to this episode sponsor, Veruna. Find all episodes, sign up for email updates, and connect on social media. Visit Waterloop.org. Waterloop, Waterloop,
0: Waterloop.